Welcome to the Taylor and Jen podcast. Mornings with Taylor and Jen. I mean, it's like a goldfish, <laughs> but, but shiny and slimy. Life 107.1. Good fences make good neighbors. That is something that American poet Robert Frost once said. Yeah. Here's the thing. Robert Frost was slightly grumpy and he was from New England. <laughs> Because I have to tell you, it seems like everywhere I've gone, I've always had good neighbors. And it seems as though extreme things like weather, Mm -hmm. a derecho, a bad rainstorm, snowstorms, bring out good neighbor stories. They kind of do, yeah. Over the weekend when we had all the snow, you know, it's the first big one, got to break out the snowblower and... We could not get it to start, my son and me. We mm. we tried very, very hard, Benjamin and I, and it just wouldn't start. Uh, so after a while, I was like, Ben, we have a very long driveway. I only have one shovel. Let me text Matt, our next door neighbor. I texted him and I said, hey, do you have an extra shovel so that Ben and I can shovel out the driveway? Our snowblower is not working. So I look over at his warm little house and all of a sudden my neighbor's garage door goes up. And out he comes in a hoodie sweatshirt, and he's got a can of, I don't know, starter fluid and a shovel in his hand. And he was like, here you go, Jen. He's like, you can go ahead and start shoveling, but Ben and I are going to go work on the snowblower. Oh, cool. So he and Ben went into my garage, and you know what? They did eventually get that snowblower working. What I really appreciated was he got it just to the point where it was about to start working, and then he let Benjamin take over, so he kind of let Ben have the win. Oh, that's you know, cool. And started well it done. Up. And uh, then later on, he came over with his kids and brought me a dessert. That's just... I was like, wait a minute. That's so much kindness. to work. <laughs> when you have a good neighbor... You've got a good thing. And we would love to hear your good neighbor stories. It's actually my grandma's neighbors. So whenever I go there, my dad is always texting me and he's like, okay, make sure you're doing this, this, and this. Like, I'll clean up after that windstorm, like all of the branches and stuff like that. She had one neighbor snowblow her driveway in the morning one day. And then with the wind and stuff, she had drifts later on. And a different neighbor came over to do that. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. And then when the snow plow came, came through the street, it, like, built up at the end of our driveway. Mm-hmm. And then, an, like, a neighbor who's, like, almost 90 came over and shoveled that for her. She had three <laughs> different neighbors that helped her? Yeah. Wow. She's got, like, three men who constantly, like, are trying to beat each other to, like, take care of her. <laughs> and I was, like, trying to beat them so that I could go out and, like, we have, she has a snowblower. She is one blessed lady to have all of you in her life. Yeah, and she deserves it all. If you have a good neighbor, you have a really, really good thing. Mm -hmm. In fact, I'd say a good neighbor is worth their weight in gold. We have the most fantastic neighbors for about 28 years. Just about a year and a half ago, they moved into assisted living facility. It wasn't about what they did necessarily because they did all the great neighbor things. It was about the things they didn't do. Hmm. Uh, we moved in here as a young couple. We started having kids. Uh, you know, life happened, surgeries happened, all those things. They never judged. Mm. They always loved. Our kids would go do weird things in their yard, and they would find <laughs> a creative and loving way to make us aware, but it was never about, you know, keep your kids out of our yard. They were welcoming, lovely, lovely neighbors. After living here for about 10 years, it just hit me. 
this is the kind of neighbor I need to be. This is the kind of people mm. I need to be, that we need to be. Their names are Dick and Marge Johnson. Dick was state auditor of Iowa for like 25 years. And both professionally and personally, they were just authentic, awesome, godly people. They still are. And I miss them so mm. much. That's wonderful. Thank you for telling me about them. Oh, yeah. Their picture hangs on our fridge, and I don't even think I have all my kids' pictures on the fridge. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> when the house next to you goes up for sale mm. and you realize you're going to get new neighbors, you, you always want them to be good neighbors. And when you get good neighbors... You've gotten a good thing. I wanted to give a shout out to uh, our entire neighborhood, Avondale Trace on the north side of Ankeny. I am one of two houses that are Iowa State fans in our neighborhood. (laughs) And after the Iowa State-Iowa game, we were driving home and our neighbors kept texting us, hey, when are you going to be home? Hey, are you almost home? And we knew We did not want to get home because (laughs) as soon as we pulled down our street, a child that was sitting on the corner took off running. And we were like, oh, my goodness, what is going on? There was a lookout. (laughs) There was a scout, a lookout on the corner. And as we started to drive up our road, we noticed there were Iowa flags hanging in our in our yard. Oh man! There was black and yellow streamers all over the trees and oh. our house, <laughs> and there was black, yellow, and white chalk all over our driveway, telling us how we might have better luck next year. <laughs> and put the score of the Iowa Iowa State game out. So, oh my goodness! Oh we knew at that moment. Though we've known all along that our neighborhood really does love us because only people who love you are so mean to you. (laughs) So I found out yesterday at lunch, it's pretty amazing the things that you can get at Costco. Oh. So having this very grown up conversation with a lot of very important people over lunch hour yesterday and everything was going along very elegantly and businesslike and Jen was behaving and Taylor was at a different table. And then a new friend named John, who lives in Johnston, told our table the the snack food that his kids are currently obsessed with, like obsessed, like they ask for it every single day. Oh. And when he told us what it was, I was like, where do you even get that? He said, Costco. Of course you can get it at Costco. Of course you get it at Costco. I'm like, how does that happen? And he says, oh, my eight-year-old son was walking along with my wife one day in Costco, and he just was like, Mommy, can I try those? What were those? Sardines, Taylor. Sardines. I mean, they're... <laughs> There's an eight-year-old and a six-year-old in Johnston, Iowa, that are obsessed to the point that his mom and dad have to say, no, 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 you guys had a whole bunch of sardines yesterday. You can't have them today. You've had too many sardines. <laughs> too many sardines. Oh, man. I mean, it's like a goldfish. <laughs> but, but it's not! shiny and slimy. Honestly, I only thought these existed in, like, Tom and Jerry. Seriously. Yeah. Uh, yesterday found out from a new friend that his kids are eight and six, and they are currently obsessed with eating sardines. Sardines that <laughs> his wife gets at Costco. And, like, literally, he, they have to tell the kids, no, you need to stop stop eating the sardines. You've had enough. 
And I, I mean, I had some weird foods I liked as a kid, but nothing quite up there with sardines. Sardines and crackers are really good, Taylor. Have you tried them? No. I have not. Okay, so question, Steph. Spine in what? or spine out? Um, yeah, sardines are fish that have little spines in them. Yeah. Do you do spine in or spine out? Good question. I haven't ate them in years, but I just ate them plain out of the can while, alongside my dad on crackers. I think so, they were spine out. Probably. I, I didn't know that was an option because my answer will always be take the spine out of my snack. Yeah. Kids do this, don't they? They get obsessed or like really crazy about a certain food. And often it's weird. I mean, now my, my new friend, his kiddos like sardines. And that is super weird. And I don't know if anybody can top that. But if you can come close or if you think you're even better than sardines, we'd love to hear that. The grossest thing that my daughter liked, this is icky. She liked yellow mustard. I would be like, well, do you want, you know, one cookie or a cupcake for dessert? And she'd be like, how about mustard? I was like, uh, no, that is a Just compliment. mustard. <laughs> how did she want it served? Like in a little ramekin, like a mustard pudding? No, no, no. Are you kidding? We were easy at our house. I could have just squirted it onto her plate, but I was so grossed out. I just couldn't do it. Is it a sense of adventure of a child? Is it that their taste buds aren't fully formed? I don't know what it is, but kids... They sometimes they just get obsessed with the strangest things. What did you and your brother get obsessed with, Ed? My brother and I used to eat brown swaggers when we were kids. What? Uh, it's also called liver pate. Liver pate. When you were kids. Yeah. We'd take it even in cold lunches. <laughs> what? Like make a sandwich out of it. Oh, boy. On purpose? <laughs> on purpose. What, what did you like about it? Well, we could eat it with a spoon or put it on crackers or I don't know. It's a very it, versatile food. You liked it because it was versatile, not because of the taste? Because you've done the same thing with peanut butter, you know? It tasted kind of like bologna. Okay. <laughs> a creamy bologna. Mmm. Okay, so you're Spreadable telling bologna. me that liver pate tastes like creamy bologna. Right. They still sell it. Uh, well, I'm going to rush right out there and grab some. <laughs> I might be lying to you right now. <laughs> I found myself in a strange position over the weekend. Mm. (laughs) I took down the Christmas tree so I could put up the treadmill. (laughs) That is the most (laughs) New Year's Day thing that you could say. It's a nice little folding treadmill Mm -hmm. and it had been packed away under Benjamin's bed. So he helped me bring it up the stairs and then he had to go to a meeting. And I did what I needed to do and then I realized, oh, I need the hardware. Oh, all the little screws and brackets. Exactly. You know, I remembered that when I had put the treadmill away, I had put all the hardware in a Ziploc Mm -hmm. baggie and I had put it with the treadmill. Couldn't find it. Uh Uh-oh. Yeah. uh Uh-oh. It's right. So I went downstairs to underneath his bed, which, by the way, goodness gracious, I can't (laughs) believe I survived that. But I went down there and I searched with a flashlight. No, no hardware. Baggy. No, no, no hardware. Baggy. No baggy. No baggy. So I thought, okay, well, maybe I didn't put it there. And this kicked off a search through my entire home. I mean, wow. I looked, I looked in and organized junk drawers, linen <laughs> closets, bathrooms, toolboxes. I'm so I impressed mean, right now. This was hours, hours, Taylor. Yeah. I just, I kept finding a new project. I was like, well, I might as well go organize this while I'm looking. I tore my house apart. In walks Benjamin from his little meeting that he had. What's up, mom? And I'm like, <laughs> I'm sweating. I'm like, <laughs> I can't find the hardware for the treadmill. He's like, oh, 
He walks down the stairs. One minute later, he comes no. back up with the bag and he's like, is this what you're looking for? Whoa! I was like, I don't know whether to hurt you or hug you right now. <laughs> Nothing makes you happier. Then when you find something that's been lost and nothing makes us happier than when it comes with a good story. My brother lost his coat at a family funeral and his keys for his vehicle were inside the pocket of the coat. Oh, no. Uh And so after we said goodbye and thank you for coming to all of our guests. We then had to call each and every one of our guests to say, hey, do you by chance happen to have a black coat? And can you check the pocket to see if there's keys in it? Oh, no. And? We did eventually find the jacket. One of our sweet guests mistook it for his own and brought it back to us. And my brother was able to get back home to another state. This makes me rethink having a black coat. (laughs) (laughs) Me too. (laughs) You got to do like luggage. You put like a big pink ribbon on the side of it so no one else mistakes it. I think I might be putting like yellow reflective tape across the back of my coat. (laughs) Exactly. Hey, Brent, did you lose something? So we Steeler fans... We travel to games, we take our terrible towels, and we overtake the stadiums that we go to. So about five years ago, my father and brothers, we all left Des Moines and went to Nashville driving straight through. At about 3 o'clock in the morning, we did like a driver switch on an uh, off-ramp. So then we continued on all the way through, got to Nashville. As soon as I got there, I realized, oh no. My terrible towel was gone. That's terrible. What is a Steeler fan without their terrible towel? I know, right? So, and the thing about it is I had this thing since the early 90s. So, this thing's 20 years old. I never washed it. Ah! Ah, We went to the game, and I was bummed out about it. Did they lose? They did lose. (gasps) It's because of your towel, Brent. Probably. (laughs) So, on the way back, I'm going like, what? All right. So, this little interstate. This is it. I think that's pretty sure that's the off-ramp. So we're going to double back, and I'm going to go check. And sure enough, five days later, my terrible towel was sitting there on the off-ramp. Wow. Yeah, I know, right? So I I double back, found it on the side of the road. So it's quite similar to, you know, the Jesus going back after the lost sheep. (laughs) I found it. That's a a really good comparison. Did you just compare a terrible (laughs) towel to a lost sheep? Well, it's about about love. It's like true love, finding the lost one. Lost and found. Oh, my goodness. It's so frustrating when something is lost, you know? But then you find it in a really unique place, and all of a sudden, a frustration turns into a fun story. When my son was younger, he loved looking at pictures on my phone. And so I would let him, and he was one day he was eating carrots and looking at pictures on my phone. Didn't think anything about it. After a while, I couldn't find my phone. I looked everywhere. I was like, I couldn't find it anywhere. And the next morning, I was like, God, I need, you know, I really need this phone. It's the only phone we have right now. I, you know, I really, really need this phone. I haven't looked for it. So as I get in the refrigerator and I pull the vegetable drawer out, my son had put my phone in the carrot bag. <laughs> it had been in the refrigerator all night. It was fresh and crispy. I think it worked better after that. Sure, it marinated in beta carotene yeah. all night. Yeah. <laughs> it's that time again. Mm-hmm. Some of us do this. Some of us don't. I'm not saying you have to. It's just something that I've found that I've done in the last several years. And it's kind of been like a barometer. It's helped me um, in my life live it in a way that is attempting to be God honoring. And that is to choose a word, a word that goes before me in 2022. Mm -hmm. This year, the word is actually 
partly because of something you said, Taylor. Oh, really? Yeah, I know. You said a good wow. thing. <laughs> I don't good remember thing. doing that. <laughs> I'll remind you. Okay. Back in 2020, again, um, you talked about how we've been given a gift by God and so many of us don't use it. In fact, mm. Jesus specifically mentioned that he gave us this as a gift. And I had never thought about that until you said it. And that is peace. Mm. Jesus gave us the gift of peace. And I think some of us think that peace is something we have to earn, something that we have to grow into, something that only happens every once in a while. No, we've got peace. We've got it. He gave it to us in the form of the Holy Spirit. He gives it to us in the form of discernment. And he gives it to us in the form of knowing the end of the story. So you know that all you have to do is open that gift up and it's there for you. So my word for 2022 is peaceful. Okay. Because that is what I would like to be Mm. in 2022, full of peace. There's actually a little psychology to this. Oh, there is? That uh, the the word resolution tends to be kind of daunting to people. Oh. And so when you say, I'm just going to come up with a word for the year, Mm. it still helps you pursue those goals without feeling like, well, if I don't get this, then I'm a failure. Well, my resolutions almost always had to do with weight and exercise, and it just wasn't working out. So (laughs) I felt like like, uh, turning it over to the Lord and asking him to give me a word that I needed to start shaping my life yeah. uh, seems to be, I don't know, it, it, it's much more important than weight or exercise. And so that's that's what I've kind of done for this year is I was sitting there thinking, I was like, I don't know if I really have a word, but I think the one that's coming to me, very similar to yours piece, is rest. Mm. And, and let me tell you how I got there. I've been <laughs> talking to a therapist recently just about my anxiety, my depression, and all the stuff that's going on. And I've just been realizing, which... This is not going to surprise you, Jen. I ask a lot of myself. Like anybody I talk to is like, yes, you ask a lot of yourself, Taylor. You hold yourself to a very high standard. And I remember listening to an interview with uh, Dana Carvey. He's a comedian. Mm -hmm. And he talks about how he holds himself to a really high standard. And he says, the benefit of that is that I have been to accomplish a lot of awesome things. The bad thing is that I haven't been able to enjoy a single one of them. Mm. And I don't want to be there. Um, I want to not ask so much of myself to let myself be content with the things that God's given me. And so my therapist and I actually worked on like a truth statement to kind of repeat over and over of I am more than the things I accomplished today. And so I think about how do I distill that down into one word? And I think it just comes to rest. Rest. Of recognizing that I can stop striving. I can stop pushing. I can stop trying to have it all and still be a complete person because of who Jesus says that I am. That's the key, isn't it? Mm -hmm. It's who the Lord says that we are. He's already given you an identity. Yeah. You don't need to make it happen. You don't need to force it because the work's already been done. What was that truth statement? I am more than the things I accomplished today. It's this brand new year all stretched out in front of us. And we're asking, do you have a word that maybe God's given you that is going to be how you want to live your life in 2022? I have a word for you. Oh, good. Pause. Pause. Yes. So when you pause, you pray. Okay. I like that. So when you're in an issue, someone yelling at you, you're getting in trouble, you need to make a decision. You need to pause. 
So I'm going to pause more in my life and pray for God to direct me in the correct way I need to go. I like that. I like that a lot. So when we pause, we will hear. Like many, my Christmas uh, plans involved airline travel, Mm -hmm. which I have to say went very, very well. Awesome. I mean, I, I, I saw a lot of headlines and I know maybe even you dealt with cancellations or delays and spending time in airports that you didn't feel like spending time <laughs> in. I didn't have any of Good. that. There was this one thing that happened and it made me grab my phone. We had not taken off yet and text Taylor really, really <laughs> quick because I laugh loud. I also happen to have a loud sneeze. Mm-hmm. I just am loud. All right. And as I was sitting there, as we were all sitting there getting ready to take off, I actually heard a sneeze <laughs> and it was louder than mine. And it was it was stranger than mine. Louder and stranger. Yes. A gentleman that was sitting behind me had a very, very loud and gusty sneeze. And yet at the end of every one of his sneezes, he snorted. Oh, uh. So, <laughs> it was a wow. sneeze snort, which I don't even know how to say that. That is a but it lot like for a, your nasal cavities to process. Like, <laughs> oh, boy. How's that again? Can you do oh, it you again? You would do that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. That's like a cartoon character. It was, it was awesome. Were you on an episode of Looney Tunes? I think sometimes... Unique sneezes are made. Like I I had a friend in high school who got into the habit of when he would sneeze, at first it was a thing where he wanted to make a performance out of it. Oh, really? And so he would sneeze and like throw his arms and legs out when he sneezed. And like we would be in in classrooms with like that really hard carpet and the the chairs that slide really well. Yeah. So he would slide like halfway across the room when he sneezed. He would sneeze and slide. And it it became like once it was funny, twice it was like, okay, that's pretty good. And then it just became how he did it. And he had no control over how he sneezed. Oh, no. It was an eruption. You could be in the middle of class and like all of a sudden Ted McDaddy is like out the door because he just had the biggest sneeze in the world his name was ted mac daddy his name was ted mccormick but we called him teddy mac daddy well i was gonna say he had the mac daddy of sneezes obviously (laughs) (laughs) it was a big one so jen sat in front of somebody who snorted every time he sneezed it was a sneeze snort it was a a (laughs) chook i went to high school with somebody who sneezed so hard that it would send his chair sliding across the room i love it and so we just want to know, what are the weird sneezes you've encountered? Taylor went to school with somebody that was explosive. I went to school with somebody opposite. Oh. She sounded like a mouse. <laughs> like a mouse? It was like, <laughs> we all would look at her like, aren't you going to explode somewhere? Like, how can you sneeze so quietly? <laughs> what did it sound like? It was a gentle, quiet little sneeze. <laughs> I think you need to perform it for us. Yes, we'd like another performance. Okay. That's so not satisfying. That's a little blip. Like half the point of a sneeze is like catharsis. I know. We all would look at her like maybe she was going to explode, but no. (laughs) The back of her head. (laughs) 
But yeah, I mean, the rest of us were almost more like your friend, and we were just enthralled by her lack of <laughs> ability to sneeze. You're probably thinking, why are you two talking about sneezes? Well, because I met one of the most interesting sneezes ever in the seat behind me on the plane flying into Pennsylvania. So what we're doing right now is cultivating an auditory museum of the sneeze. Oh, brother. I don't necessarily have an interesting sneeze, but I have a unique reaction to my sneezes. Oh, yeah? No matter where I'm at, if she's in the middle of the night, dead asleep, if I sneeze, she comes running. (laughs) (laughs) I'm here to Um, save you Whatever's happening Even if we're in a crowded room If anyone else sneezes She doesn't react But just with me It's just you Oh my goodness She's even trained me So if I'm at work And if I'm not around her I start to sneeze And I immediately start looking around for her The Taylor and Jen Podcast Is a product of Northwestern Media A ministry of the University of Northwestern St. Paul You can hear more from Taylor and Jen Weekday mornings online At life1071.com Or on the Life 107.1 app